Welcome to the Renewed by Truth podcast. Do you struggle with feelings of unworthiness, self-doubt, or just feeling like you are not enough? Do you want to make more of an impact for God's kingdom, but have beliefs that hold you back? Trust me, I have been there. If you are plugging in here today, this is not another self-help podcast, but one steeped in biblical truth. I will help you overcome limiting beliefs, find your true identity in Christ, and live out your God-given purpose. My name is Candy Creech, and this is the Renewed by Truth podcast. Let's get started. Well, welcome back, friends, to the Renewed by Truth podcast. I'm excited you're joining me today. One thing about podcasting, this is the 11th episode. Um, I come from doing lives on Facebook where I felt like I was interacting with people because I could see their comments and I could respond back to them. So this has been a little harder than I thought it would be because I can't see anybody's comments and I can't speak to you and have a conversation with you. So what I would love for you to do is if you've watched any or listened to any of my podcasts before, or if you listen to this one and get done, I would absolutely love to hear from you. So you can find all of my links for my Instagram and my Facebook and even my website in the podcast notes. So you can find that for each episode. Also, if you would send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, I would absolutely love that. And one more thing, if you are struggling in an area, maybe it's a limiting belief that you're wanting to overcome, maybe it's you want to make more of an impact for God or find your purpose and you just have some questions, I'm not promising I can answer all of those, but I would love for you to ask them because it really helps me when I go to cover different topics in my podcast, like what am I going to cover? And it usually comes from something that either I've been struggling with myself or have struggled with in the past or something that has happened where I've talked to someone throughout the week and I know that they're struggling in this area. So I wanted to share that with you first. So I'd love to hear from you. So I'm going to tell you what to expect on this podcast. Then I have a little story for you guys. But so this podcast is really going to be about Jesus meeting you where you are. Because I don't know if you're like me, but there's times in my life that I have felt so alone, even when I have been surrounded by people. And there are times in my life when I've felt very alone and been alone and not surrounded by anyone. There are the times I felt thrown away, mistreated, just unworthy. And I will tell you that all of those times Jesus met me wherever that was. And I just want you to know that he sees you. And I'm going to prove that to you today because I have some great scripture references for you, some great stories in the Bible. And so if you have ever felt mistreated or alone, I think you're going to get so much out of this podcast today. But before we start, I want to tell you a little story. So like this is my 11th episode. And if I can't be real with you, I don't want to do this. Okay, so just want to be real with you. When I started this, and you've probably heard me say this before if you've ever listened to any other episodes, but when I started this, I was excited, but I felt very unqualified. And every week I do feel unqualified. So one thing that I've done is because I do want to bring you value. I don't want to be annoying to listen to. And I want it where you can understand it, right? Where I'm making sense. So what I have done every week 
is I type out my notes, like everything I'm going to say, and I find my scripture references, and, you know, and I always pray over my podcast and things like that, but I type out everything, so to be really organized. And so this last week, I was talking to my coach that's helped me, my coach and mentor that's helped me get this podcast started, and I said, okay, I did my 10th episode, you know, give me some feedback. And one thing she said to me is she said, I'd like to see you talk more natural. And I laughed and I said, that's hard for me because I am from the South. I know that I have a Southern accent and I know that my grammar is not always correct. I said, and it's so much easier if I just type it out and then read it. And she said, and she said, I get that, but maybe try bullet points and just going off the cuff and doing it right Okay, so I took her advice, and I'm like, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> and then on Thursday, I got an idea. I was folding clothes. I got an idea for a podcast. That's something I really wanted to talk about. Well, I'd actually heard a verse on a podcast, and it just sparked something in me. And so I'm folding clothes. I grabbed my Bible. I grabbed my phone, and I said, okay, I'm just going to put a couple of notes in my phone in an app I have. I'm going to put a couple of verses in there, and... And then, then I'll go back to it later. I just didn't want to forget what I was thinking about. Well, when I started typing, I just kept typing and kept typing. And, and I spent like 45 minutes and I typed out all these notes. But I did it in an app I use, I normally don't use for typing out notes. I don't know what happened. You know, the dog probably needed to go outside or something like that. I set my phone down. I guess I didn't save it or close out my app, right? Maybe I just closed out my app. I don't know. Went back in there Friday. Not a thing in there. <laughs> and I thought... Well, maybe I did it in a different app. So I went to my other app. No. And I realized that I guess I didn't hit done and it was just still open and it didn't do an auto save and I just closed it out. And I said, okay, well, so I spent all that time and what am I going to do now? Am I going to sit there and try to, you know, retype that again? So I decided that I would just do it without reading through my notes and everything. So this is what you're getting, guys, (laughs) today. And I'm not going to go through and I'm not going to edit it. So whatever you get today, you get. And so I just, like I say, I want to be completely honest with you. And I do type it out and I do read through it to you guys normally because I really want to give you the best. You know, I don't want to wing it. I don't want to just um, be here and and not giving you my best. And so I do have notes. I'm just not reading them. I have bullet points. and um, But I had to share that with you. So this is how we're going to start today. I want to start with something in the Bible that I absolutely love. And when I asked you before, when we started, do you ever have that feeling of being unloved or like, does anybody see what's going on in my life? I'm dying here and nobody sees, nobody cares. I've been mistreated. Nobody cares about me. And like I say, I just, I wish I could say, raise your hand and tell me. And if you're raising your hand right now, God sees you. And I want to prove that to you because if you go back to the book of Genesis, and I don't know if you're familiar with this story or not, but I want you to go back to um, Hagar. And she was Sarah before she was renamed Sarah um, and Abram before he was renamed Abraham. She was Sarah's maidservant and she was mistreated. You know, always look at it as she was basically, I mean, to me, sold into slavery and she had to sleep with Abram. And she had to because that she was a slave. 
Sarah got tired of her. She said, I'm tired of this woman. And and she ran away. So if you want to read the story, it is actually in Genesis 16. And so she was pregnant. She was mistreated. And she decided she was going to run away. And when she did, the Lord saw her and he told her to go back. He told her, you're going to have a son and this is what you're going to name him. And this is how he's going to be. And when God told her all of that in verse 13, it says, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. And so she was the first one to name God the God who sees, which is Elroy. I think it's E-L-R-O-I. And every time I read that and I think about the fact that a slave woman that was mistreated named God as the God who sees. And so if you've ever been mistreated or you've ever, things have happened to you that were just not your fault, I want you to know that God sees you. He is the God who sees. And this is the thing, when I read this, I always get chills because having the Holy Spirit inside of you and reading this for yourself, I always, it makes me feel like God says, I see your heart. I see your hurting. I see that you have been mistreated. I see that you're brokenhearted. I see everything about you. And... I see the end. I see the sanctification process that's going to happen in your life. I see the good things that's going to come in your life. I see you seated in heaven. I see everything. And guess what? I see that other person too, and I see their life, and I see their perspective, and I see their end. And so when I hear that and read that, it it makes me so happy to know that God sees the real you and he sees the real everybody and he really knows what's going on. So I want you to go back and read that. I want you to highlight it. And if you need, if you are in that spot right now and you need just to write down that name, Elroy, and you need to say, and you need to pray it and say, God sees me right now. And so then I want to flip over to the New Testament. And, you know, I I do want to say this when I started working on this, One thing that always amazes me in different cultures from the beginning of time to even now, we have so many cultures that treat women horrible. I mean, they treat women like they're um, second class citizens. You know, I live in the United States, even here (laughs) in well-meaning situations, women can still be treated less than. One thing I love is that did not come from God. God is love. He could never mistreat a woman because God is love. And so when you look in the Old Testament, you never see that. You see God loving women. You see God using women. And then you get to the New Testament. And if you just look through the Gospels and you watch how Jesus treated women, he never treated him the way they can be treated in cult in the culture today or in the past culture. He's never mistreated them. And I always wonder like, where did that come from? Why were women treated that way? And I don't know if it was a misinterpretation from Genesis. I don't know what it is, but I absolutely love that. And I really cling to that 
And so when you get to the New Testament and you're looking at the way Jesus treated women, I encourage you, like if you just did a biblical search on that and you just studied that, it would be so encouraging to you. But I want to point out in Luke 13, 10, like if you will go read this, I love this because, and I'm going to flip over and read it with you today, because Jesus heals a crippled woman, but there's so much more to the story than this because he healed a lot of people of course when he was here on earth that's recorded and we know there's probably so many more miracles that wasn't even recorded but this one has so much impact of the way women can be treated in our culture and how Jesus sees us and and I really want to share that with you so Luke 13 10 it says on a Sabbath Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And when Jesus saw her, he called her forward, and he said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her. Immediately she straightened up and praised God. But you know what happened? There were people that got mad about it because she worked, he worked, he healed somebody on the Sabbath. And he answered them and he said, because this is what they said, there are six days for work. So if she wanted to be healed, this is me paraphrasing, right, in my Southern voice. If she wanted to be healed, she should have come on another day instead of the Sabbath. And he said, you hypocrites. And then he said some more things. I want you guys to go read it. I don't always like giving away everything because I want you to be intrigued. I want you to go read the word. But this is the thing that got me. She had been that way for 18 years. And she'd been coming to the synagogue. And people back then, if they had any kind of thing wrong with them, if they were crippled, you know, there were people that had leprosy and all that, they were looked down upon. And especially by the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they really looked down on them like they had sinned or their um, parents had sinned. And so that was a punishment brought on them. And that's what they thought. So she was already looked down on because of that. And then when he healed her on the Sabbath, he cared more about loving that woman than he did for the institution, Okay, because we have to remember that in the Old Testament, when God gave Moses the law, when he gave the Ten Commandments and he said, keep the Sabbath holy, there was a number of reasons for that. One is he did that for our benefit. He did it because he knew we needed rest. Also, the Israelites had come out of 400 years of slavery. They didn't get rest. They didn't know about rest. All they knew about was work. And so he wanted them to know that you can rest You need rest, and that rest is worship to God, and that rest is renewal for your soul. It's not to, you know, go find something else to do that day or go find a hobby. That's not what it's about. It's about renewing your soul and resting in God and and remembering that you don't have to work yourself to death for something, that God is in control of it all. And there's just so, there's so much if you study about rest. They had taken it and what, you know, what they did back then, like Moses gave the Ten Commandments, and they're saying rest on the Sabbath. You know, God's saying do this, but they couldn't figure out how to do that. They're like, so they added all these other rules, all these other laws. Well, you know, you can't do this and you can't do that, or that's not considered rest, or it's okay if you do this. And, you know, so they had just added all these things to it. And the thing is, Jesus sees the heart. And that's what he cares about. And he saw the heart of this woman that was hurting. And that was more important 
than an institution that where they were trying to decide what's work and what's not work. And that made me open my eyes so much when I read that to the fact that sometimes we get so caught up in the institution and corporate worship and things like that, that we just forget about loving other people, that we forget that that's the most important thing is showing Jesus's love to others. And he does it better than anyone. And so he didn't just heal her physically, he healed her her spiritually. And so if you're in a place just like she was, I mean, Jesus is just waiting. He's just waiting to heal you and heal your heart. And, and so I wanted to share that with you. And then I have one more, which is probably one of my favorites um, on so many levels. And that is John chapter four. And that is when Jesus came to the woman at the well. And it was the Samaritan woman. And I love this because it's the same way. There's just so much meaning here. So when Jesus goes to the well in Samaria, and there's a Samaritan woman there that came to draw water, and Jesus says, will you give me a drink? And I love that because she was like, you're not even supposed to be associating with me. Like Jews don't even associate with Samaritans. And this is another one of those things that I love where their culture forbid this. But Jesus didn't care about the world's norms. He didn't care about cultural norms. He just came to love other people, to show the Father. He came for a purpose, and he knew what that was. And I think that can apply so much to our lives today, that for us not to get caught up in the ways of the world, but just to remember why we're here. You know, we're here to spread the gospel. We're here to uh, show the love of Jesus. But even more specifically, we all have a different way of doing that. God's given us all different talents, and he's given us different seasons in our life and different places and different ways to do that. And so to be focused more on that is like that's the most important thing rather than what the world is telling you to do. So I think that's one of the first things. But then the other thing is he's saying, but if you knew the gift I had for you, I have living water. I have water that you'll never thirst. And she, of course, she couldn't comprehend that, right? And then, you know what he called her out on? I love this. Her sin. But it's because Jesus loves us so much. It's like God loves us so much that he loves us in truth. And I, I feel like what he was saying there, you know, he said, and I, let's see, I'll try to find it here and I can read it to you. Um, she said, he said, why don't you go call your husband and come back? And she said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You have no husband. But the fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. And she's like, how did you know that about me? Right. And she's like, I can see that you're a prophet. Oh, my, you know, and she was caught off guard by that. But what he was saying is, you have tried to fulfill your life with this, with sin, with men, with maybe she was trying to find somebody to love her. Maybe she was trying to find a place to live where somebody would pay her bills, whatever it was. She was living in sin because she was looking for something that only Jesus could give her. And I, I just love this story because I, this is the thing. I think that even if, or for me, I think, even if we've never been in a place of immorality like the Samaritan woman was, 
I think we've all felt like that woman at the well, like, I know that I have sinned. And I don't know what to do. You know, I feel like I'm in the sand. I don't know how to get out. And Jesus is saying, just me, I have the living water. You know, just trust in me, turn from your rent, repent and turn from your sin and just follow me. I mean, that's what he wants us to do. And I love that he loved her with truth and he didn't do what the world does. Guys, if you're not careful, you will hear this false hope in the world and you will tend to believe it as real hope. And the only real hope that we have is in Jesus, that he came he died on the cross for our sins so we could live an abundant life while we're here, a life with peace and joy, and then live eternally with Him. And if we are not careful, we will buy in to the false hope that we hear in the world, the false hope of working yourself to death, of prosperity, of wealth, all those things. Um, and then a lot of other things that I hear that always make me feel a little bit icky. And I think we have to be careful as Christ followers to be careful of what we say and what we believe that the world has to show us and really trust in Jesus. So why I want to share those with you today is the fact that God loves you. He sees you. He's going to meet you wherever you are. And you don't have to change anything to meet him. They're like, he's waiting for you. How, whatever's going on in your life. Like, I think in the older we get, like, I can so relate to this. I come to know Christ as a young child. So even though I understood sin, I didn't really get it until I got older. And, you know, I always wanted to, even, even later, like I wanted to clean myself up before I would come to God not realizing that he does the cleaning. I just come to him like I am and he accepts me like I am, no matter what it is. There's nothing in your past that you could have done. There's nothing that you're doing right now. You don't have to fix whatever it is by yourself. I promise you, he wants you and he loves you just like you are because it says in the Bible that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for you way back then. He already knew. He already knew what was going to happen. And just go to him and let him do the cleanup. It's a word called sanctification, and it's a lifetime process. And um, he will just continue to continue to clean and for you to get better and better and better. And that better is not about doing things, and it's not about trying to live by rule of do's and don'ts, but it's just about drawing near to God, about loving him and him loving you, and you form that relationship you start to understand how to walk in the way that Christ wants you to walk. So that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, this has been very hard for me, by the way. And I'll probably have to go back and edit a little bit of it. But it, like I say, I just, I feel like if I can't be honest with you, I just can't do this. Like you just, you have to get the real me every week. And I can't pretend that it's something that it's not. I can't pretend that it's not difficult for me to do this. But I absolutely love doing this because I want to make an impact for God. And I really want to impact, hopefully you listening, women that are struggling. I want you to know I've been there. I've been alone. I've been all these things I talk about. And you you have God. He's there with you. And if you are in what I call the wilderness right now, 
he will bring you out of it. He will. And it may take time and sometimes it may be years, but there's real hope in that and that it will happen, that he will bring you out of that. So I just wanted to share that. Be sure and leave me a comment. I would absolutely love a comment um, or a review. If you can leave me a review, send me a private message and um, let me know what you're struggling with because I would absolutely love it if we could, um, you know, we could chat about it on here. That would be great. So I hope you guys have a great week.